welcome back into crossing state lines, where no one's crossing any state lines right now, because you'd be in quarantine if you did. I'm Jake, joined as always by my co-host, the king, the mayor, the leader, the lord of Stone in Massachusetts. He is the king of the hamlet. It's Dave Albiani. Dave, what's good? Uh, you know, not, you know, there's not a lot going on right now. There's nothing really to do. I think, what is this week? However many weeks with, with quarantine... It feels like every time you walk by something, you have to empty the dishwasher or do laundry or one of those things, and it's getting kind of tiring at this point. Sure is. Uh, I was talking to my mom today about it, and she was like, uh, she was saying how like she was over it, and I'm like, well, I don't think anybody was ever exactly jazzed about it, but you know, this is uh, this is not very much very much fun. But we're trying to make the most fun out of it here, Dave. We're trying to pump out some fun content, trying to get people not depressed about everything in life, and uh, came up with the idea actually today, this is how quickly we turn things around here on the program, Dave and I had the idea today to do a uh, grab bag quarantine edition, and usually we put out the feelers to people, get some questions, and we accelerated that process today, put out a call to see if anybody wanted to be a guest on the show, we got a quick response, and our guest here today is pretty sure the one, the only, Alex Barth. Alex, welcome to the show. There's probably others. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. They're not as good. I don't know. So that doesn't there matter. There are others. Because when I, I used to get teased in high school, because when Google imaged my name, there was a picture of a male model in briefs. So. Yeah. And I have nothing like that guy. I wish I did. But. So there's at least one more. <laughs> well, that one's not on the show today. And you are. So that's all that matters. Unless there is another Alex Barth coming on the show that Dave hasn't told me about. Dave? I, I, can't, uh, I can't confirm that. I don't think there's anyone else coming on. Okay. That's that's good. I don't have any other Alex Barts coming on, although Emily will be on the show from the couch. Yes, yeah, she's not. Is she nodding? Are you, yes, the yes, no. If I say a question, you're gonna answer it. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, she'll be participating from the couch. Uh, you might not be able to hear it. I'll try to relay those answers. But the way the grab bags work, if you're not familiar, Alex, if you're not familiar, listeners, if it's your first time listening to one, the way we do it is we pretty much just ask a bunch of random questions and we answer them. But uh, in lieu of what has been going on today and the fact that the draft is tomorrow for us recording today, you'll probably hear this episode after the draft comes out or happens, or the first round happens. But we can start with a little, little football talk. I did get a few questions regarding the Patriots situation, regarding the draft, and I, uh, I, this is how quickly things moved on this one. Uh, I put out the, the call for some questions on Twitter, and Steve Scott of the Small State Big Takes podcast uh, responded and said, Gronk to the Bucks question mark and about a half an hour after he tweeted that at me Gronk was on the Buccaneers now so I guess we'll start there fellas uh, you guys are smarter football minds than I so I will I will defer this one to you uh, what do we think about the, the the hall for this one I mean it, it the Patriots have a fourth round pick they didn't have yesterday for a guy that was as good as done playing the game he wasn't going to come back and play for them even if he wanted to they wouldn't have been able to afford it $12 million cap that they have a million dollars in space. So it hurts. I'll, I'll tell you that. It certainly hurts. And the Bucks tweeting out the video of him and Brady after the win in Kansas City. Like, yeah, it's tough. But Patriots are better. They're in a better position to win uh, today than they were yesterday. So you, you just kind of kind of look at that. And, you know, like, like we have to do with just about everything in quarantine. You take the small wins where you get them and you just try to block out all the negatives. And that's, that's kind of how you have to look at this if you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, with that too. I mean, you know, they kind of like you said. They like Alex said, you can't afford him. 
he didn't want to play here. So even if he did come, you know, he wasn't going to come out of retirement to play without Tom Brady for Bill Belichick. Like, that wasn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, you get a fourth-round pick. I think that was actually better value than I thought they would get. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, I, I got to say, I didn't think Gronk was going to come out of retirement and go play with Jared Siddham. Didn't think that was – or Brian Hoyer or Jordan Love or whoever ends up being the starting quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, like I said to you today, Dave, uh, it's expected. It's fine. Whatever. They got a pick back, like you said, Alex, a fourth rounder they didn't have yesterday. Uh, I'm still going to say it hurts just because Gronk was a big part of our fandom growing, I guess you could say growing up, but we've all been our, our late teens to early 20s and mid-20s seeing his career play out. But it still sucks because he was an integral part of that second dynasty and seeing him leave is, and seeing him play in a Buccaneers uniform is also going to be strange. It's, I mean, it's great for Brady. It's great to get them back together. But my God, is it going to be a, a very strange sight seeing them trot out in those pewter uniforms on Sunday. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, if that happens this year, who the hell knows. But uh, granted, let's say the season gets underway as normal. It's going to be a strange sight, and I don't know if I'm ready to see that. Good thing the Buccaneers, are, well, they'll be on national TV more now, but I'll try to avoid them as much as I can. It, it, let's be honest. There's not going to be a season anyway, so right. it's not like I have to watch it. Right. Yeah, That's. i got to say that's not a surprise if there's – no season. I mean, at this rate, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I guess it's fine that they're taking it day by day, week by week, month by month approach, but it's, it's hard to believe that. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just such a difficult and volatile situation. I, I don't, I guess we can go there. I mean, Dave, we just addressed it, but do you think that there is a season this year? Um, no, I don't think, there's definitely not a full season and probably not a season in general. And I think, um, college football is likely done too. I don't see how that works out. And, you know, baseball is probably the one sport where you think, all right, maybe they have like a quarter of a season, but I think basketball, you were on this first, I think, out of the two of us, Jake, but basketball is probably done and and hockey's probably done. And I mean, it's just, it's going to be a while before we get real sports again. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's tough. But moving to maybe something a little bit more positive in the uh, the current scope of things, uh, looking at the draft uh, again tomorrow, uh, I got a question from Pat Lane. Uh, it's, it's our guy. He was a you know guest on the show. He writes for Pat's Pulpit. All that all that great stuff. Uh, he asks. So I'm going to pose this question to you guys. I'm sure you've already put your stance out there on it, but you can put it on record now. Uh, would you rather the Patriots use Joe Tooney to trade up in the first round or use him to pick up a pick to fill in the gap between 23 and 87? Or I'll add a third option, not trade him at all. Well, like, you know, in a bubble, you'd rather have them not trade him. He's one of the best guards in football, but they kind of have to at this point. Their hands are tied. I, I think you get as much as you can for him. You're not going to take a lower pick just to, to fill in that gap. I'm not sure how much they want to trade up in the first round. That's going to be more expensive if they end up with two first-round picks. That's you know that could be anywhere from nine to twenty million dollars against a salary cap that they are going to have to in some way clear space for. So if anything, I think they're trading out of the first round. I think Tooney is is, is the gap filler there because they, they can only afford so many first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, I think they want to trade out of the first round, like you said. I think they want as many second and third and fourth-round picks as they can get. Uh, even the fifth round, too. I know Alex said something 
on the internet a while ago about how Belichick doesn't really like to pick in the fifth round. Um, but I, I think they want to try to pick up as many you know mid to late round picks as they can get because they're cheaper and they're confident in, this, in the draft's depth that certainly certain positions like wide receiver that they can pick up guys that, that can fill in and, and produce for them. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest here. I, I know you guys might have the answer more readily available in your heads, but when was the last time the Patriots really traded up in the draft a lot? You know, like, what, what was the last major trade up in the draft? It's, it's, it's not like they're going to be going after Tua or something like that. It's not going to happen, at least in my mind. But if they keep that number 23 pick, where do you guys see them going with it? If they keep Great. I think it's going to be the defensive side of the ball. I think, you know, you look at what Bill Belichick's doing right now, and everybody has this idea in their head that Bill Belichick is this unpredictable wild man. And there is, I guess, an element of truth to that. He does have a tendency to make the unpopular decision and make it work. But he's been doing this for so long that if you look at, if you just look over the course of his tenure as the Patriots GM, there are patterns you can pick up on. And they're in a unique situation right now, but there actually is some precedent. Because if you look at the 2000, 2001, you can even throw the 2002 offseason in there because Brady wasn't necessarily a sure thing after the 2001 season. You knew he was going to be the starter, but you didn't know that he was going to be, you know, this offensive weapon. So you go back and you look at those offseasons and see, well, how did Bill build the team before he had, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady? How did he go about it? And what they did was they beefed up, they built a power run game behind a big offensive line, and then all the other resources went to the defense. Those early 2000s teams, Brady was a cherry on top. Those teams were meant to win behind an elite defense, which they did, but obviously the offense helps things along. If you look at what, now, if you look at what Belichick's done the last couple of years, perhaps planning for Brady's exit, they go out and they draft Sony Michelle two years ago, who I know some people are low on, but just take the the first, the fact he was a first-round pick out for a second, he actually is very comparable to Antoine Smith, who was the bell cow power running back of those early teams. They've invested heavily in the offensive line. That includes bringing Joe Tooney back on the franchise tag. Then look at what they've done this year. All of their free agents, except for Demir Bird, who might not even make the team, they've all been on defense. Everybody they've paid has been on the defensive side of the football. I wouldn't be surprised if that follows over to the draft. I think Bill's trying to build the team he wanted to build back in 2000. The big smash-mouth defense, a power run game that can eat the clock. He's going to go out try to run for 150 yards every week and beat teams 13-10. to 10, And people say, oh, you can't win like that. It's 2020, the modern passing era. But the modern passing era is on its way out. I think teams are realizing now that, you know, everybody was trying to get the next Aaron Rodgers. And the Chiefs didn't Patrick Mahomes. But for every Patrick Mahomes, you get, what, 10, 20 Mitchell Trubisky's, Josh Allen's? And I think what teams are realizing now, unless you have a, that surefire generational talent guy, right? The Bengals aren't going to do this because they're going to go draft Joe Burrow. Unless you have that surefire generational talent guy, the better, more affordable, and easier thing to do is find a quarterback who can be a net neutral, put a good offensive line, a good running back around him, and then win games on defense. That's how the Ravens got a one seed last year. It's how the Niners got to the Super Bowl. It's how the Titans got a game away from the Super Bowl. You can win games running the football 
in the modern era. It's the, the power run game was starting to come back, and I think Bill Belichick is right on that train. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think I think linebacker is certainly a position that they'd love to address as early on as they can, whether that's the second round, third round, first round, whatever it is. Because they're thin there, they're thin on the defensive line. I mean, the secondary is good, but it's a little older, especially at the safety position with Chung and McCourty. They traded Harmon. So, I mean, obviously they have a bunch of spots to fill, but uh, I agree with, with what Alex said completely. I mean, they're going to attack the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they'll certainly add probably some offensive pieces through the draft, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a tight end, depending on who falls on their board, and probably a lineman or two. But for the most part, I think they're going to try to attack defensively. All right, so give me – I think I know what your answer to the first question will be, but give me your projected starting quarterback week one, if there is a season this year. Let's just assume there is one. And your pipe dream starting quarterback week one. How about I mean, how much of a pipe dream is the pipe dream? Can the pipe dream be? You know what? A pipe dream is a pipe dream. You could go pie in the sky. We could change it to pie I'm in the pop- sky pick. Tom Brady would be the pipe dream. <laughs> um, Get him back. Joe Joe Burrow, I guess. Yeah. Figure out a way. Let's say there. How about let me let me let me rephrase the question a little bit for you. Instead of who will the starting quarterback be next season? Who will the starting quarterback be next time the Patriots take the field? Right. How about the middle season in 2020 when we get Trevor Lawrence in 2021 no, as the starting quarterback? Who it will be, though, pending to a falling, which I think is unrealistic but not necessarily completely out of the question, I think it will be Jared Stidham. Because at the end of the day, if they go first round on defense, there, there's one and a half generational quarterbacks in this draft. Burrow's legitimately generational. He's going to play in this league 10, 15, 20 years. Tua, to me, is RG3. He has generational talent, but he doesn't have the body for the NFL, and that could be a major problem. After that, I mean, Herbert's fine. He's not going to be on the board. I, I Jordan Love is just Team C, Patrick Mahomes, and they think if they take him, they're going to get Patrick Mahomes. That's not who they're going to end up with. You're just as good taking Cole McDonald as you are Jordan Love, if that's what you're looking for. But, you know, the guys who are going to be on the board when the Patriots want to take a quarterback day two – I like Jacob Eason. You know, he's an interesting prospect. I think Jake Fromm's a little overrated, but he's more of a product of the talent around him. But those guys, to me, are a wash with Jared Stidham. And the Patriots' goal, no matter what, is to give Jared Stidham a chance to succeed this year. Because if you have a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie deal, pardon me, who can be a net neutral like I talked about, you know, not going to win you any games, but definitely not going to lose you any games, then you can go to that model. And while he's on his rookie year deal, spend on defense, spend on wide receivers, spend on an offensive line, put yourself in that spot to win a Super Bowl with a a top-loaded roster. Now, if you go out and take Jake Fromm, say, because he's a popular name for Patriots fans, if you go out and take Jake Fromm, you're creating, one, you're creating a quarterback competition they do not need because it's a wash whoever wins it, and you're putting a lot of pressure on a guy who already has a ton of pressure placing Brady. Plus, you're taking first-team reps away from whoever the starter actually is because both guys are going to have to run with the first team. Whereas if you use that pick literally anywhere else on the roster, you're getting somebody who's going to help Jared Stidham succeed. You're going to put him in a place where you can truly find out if he is an NFL quarterback. And guess what? If he's not and you passed on Jake Fromm to find that out, there's going to be a Jake Fromm next year. There's going to be a Jacob Eason next year. There's probably going to be a Justin Herbert next year. The only guys you can't say that about are Burrow and Tua. You know, Trevor Lawrence is great, but he's a different. He, 
you're not missing out on anything by not taking Jake Fromm, right? You'd be missing out if you didn't take Burrow, but they don't have a chance to do that. The guys they're not going to take this year, they have, will have a chance again to take next year. If Stidham doesn't work out, I think Belichick realizes, you know, he is where he is because of asset management. That's the proper route from asset management. Maybe they take a developmental quarterback on day three. I like James Morgan from FIU, a big Cole McDonald fan. Um, but again, that's, you know, Stidham's still unquestionably the starter. So, yeah, I think it's Stidham just, it's, it makes the most sense logically. And Belichick is going to approach this logically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense too. I mean, where do you fall as far as what do you think is more value? Like, what is a range that you think would be fair to trade up for two if he slides? Do, do you start thinking about it at 15? So it, it kind of depends who's on the board. Because, the, and I don't know if you saw this, the Vegas favorite second quarterback off the board now is Herbert. Yeah. And that's purely medical. The dude's insanely talented. So let's say, you know, somehow, some way. So Burrow goes one, right? Yeah. There's no trades. And then the Dolphins take an offensive lineman at five. They don't trust Tua, and they think they can get Herbert later. Then you can wait. If Herbert goes off the board, then suddenly it becomes a little more a, a little more of a push to go get him. Because if the Dolphins take Tua, they had a closer look at him than anybody else. If the Dolphins don't take him, he's going to slide. He's going to slide potentially into the late teens. You may not have to move up that much. If Herbert goes quickly, though, uh, teams are going to panic and move up, and, and they might be more eager. So it, this draft is as hard to predict as, I think, any other. Like, last year was easy. Last year, I felt it was pretty easy to predict how things were going to fall. This year, Tua is so talented, but he's such a wild card. I mean, he, he is he, he is the whole thing here. He could go as high as two. Some team could look at him and say, you know what? We think we have a plan to keep him healthy. He's a Hall of Fame talent. Let's go up and get him at two. Let's pay the Redskins make sure nobody else can jump us. So if he went at two, I wouldn't be surprised. If he went at 20, I wouldn't be surprised. Because the one thing you want out of a quarterback is reliability. And he can't stay on the field. So it's a, it's a really tough question to answer. That is the question of this draft is where does Tua go and who will be the second quarterback off the board? Isn't that if he's there at 23, I take him. Absolutely. If he's there at 23, I grab him. Whew. If he's there at 23, I will, uh, whatever the opposite of all, drive him to the airport is. I'll go pick him up. I'll bring him. I'll bring him to Gillette. I'll go pick him up. But isn't that the the old saying? The best ability is reliability. Availability. Available. Yeah, damn it. Damn it. First, Close so. enough. Whatever. No, no, they both work. And, and yeah, you're right. And especially at that position, you want a guy who you could trust to stay on the field. He says he's bulked up. He says some of the injury talk is overstated. And again, it it all compounds with the fact that nobody can give the guy a physical. Because of right. coronavirus, and no team can be with him in person and have their own doctors look at him. So that makes it even trickier. If this was a normal year, we may know by now, or at least teams may know, yeah, okay, you know, we, we looked at him and we think it's fine. We think he'll be able to get through his rookie deal and then we can reassess so we feel comfortable using, I don't know, the fifth pick, the sixth pick on him, whatever it is. Right. That, this, this, year. So this, this, like, this, two is a huge loser. I mean, we're all losers. It, it, from a coronavirus draft and the coronavirus resistance, but two is hit particularly hard because those physicals I think would have helped him because I think he is in slightly better shape than people think. But you know, if I'm an NFL GM and this, you know I have a top ten pick and I'm bringing in a guy to potentially be the face of my franchise, I'm not taking that chance. I don't feel comfortable taking that chance. 
All right. So as big as big football guys, big draft guys, give me a uh, give me uh, give me give me who you think is going to be a big bust out of this draft. Who you look at and you're like, yeah, I just don't see it. I'm not, and I was at one point. I've, I've changed my opinion on this. I'm not totally sold on Chase Young because wow. he looks so good. I, I like. I think he'll be a good NFL player, but he looked so good at the beginning of the year, and everybody got on that train. And then the last two games of the year for Ohio State, last three games of the year, right? They had uh, Michigan, then they had, I think it was Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, and then obviously their playoff game. And he disappeared. The three best opponents of the year, and he was nowhere to be found. So he may struggle against higher competition. He may have trouble getting up for big games and getting up to play elite opponents. He could be really good. He has it in his toolbox to be an outstanding player. I think he is, you know, I look at him, I see Jadavian Clowney. And I'm the same way about Clowney, right? Tremendously talented, but there were always questions about the motor. Clowney wasn't in shape. He would take plays off. And it's not necessarily that Chase Young isn't in shape, but seeing him disappear in those games, that to me was a red flag. I'd still take him second if I'm the Redskins. And, and I don't have a great trade there. I would still take him second. But... I wouldn't be like I'll, if if he turns out to just be like an average NFL player. If he's one of these guys, uh, who's it? Like Robert Quinn, I think was a top ten pick, and he's a good player, but he's like bounced around the league and he's never really been an all pro or anything like that. Like he could be that guy. I wouldn't be shocked if he becomes that guy. Oh, Robert Robert Quinn, famously, I don't, I don't know if Dave remembers this, but Robert Quinn, uh, when we used to do our URI fantasy football league, he was Robert the, Robert Quinn, medicine woman. Uh, is that you gonna? Yeah, yeah. That was my fancy football champion team name, Robert Quinn Medicine. Uh, but yeah, that was that was back when he was still super relevant. Five Pro Bowls and I'm losing my mind. Oof, Robert. No, that, that's what I was thinking of. He was an All Pro once, but that, yeah, he's been in the, he's been on four teams in in nine years, and you know he has he has good numbers, but nobody's like, oh, Robert Quinn, like elite pass rusher in the league, one of the best. Like I like Chase Young. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't end up. He's a 14 pick. I wouldn't be surprised if Chase Young like never reaches that J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack level. I think he could have trouble against the league competition. And the thing about those guys is they eat up against the league competition. What about you, Dave? Um, I I personally am not a fan of Herbert or Jordan Love. I know Alex men- mentioned Love earlier, but yeah. I personally don't like either of those guys. Uh, I, I'm not sold on Herbert from the games I watched uh, with Oregon and... I'm certainly not sold on Jordan Love. I know the supporting cast wasn't as good this year. You can make the same arguments for when Josh Allen was in, in school and everyone said the supporting cast wasn't as good year to year. But And this obviously hundreds of other quarterbacks you can make that argument for. But um, I just think both of those guys have, in my opinion, closer to average to slightly above average ceilings. And, I mean, I know Jordan Love is insanely talented with, you know, physical skills and stuff like that, but... I'm just not confident in the mental aspect of his game, and I think both guys are going to be closer to average to below average average starting quarterbacks when it's all said and done. All right, so last question before we dive into the grab bag. This is sort of a pseudo grab bag question anyway. You guys have obviously followed the draft for a long time. You're two of the biggest football, I was going to say football heads. That's not doesn't sound like a compliment, but you know what I mean. Um, two big football watchers that I follow on Twitter. Who is one of those picks from drafts past where you look at, and people didn't see the hype, but you did, so you hang your hat on it? Who was that player for you guys? Ooh, I got to think. I, I got a couple of them. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was one. 
I saw Aaron Hernandez. I was like, this guy's going to be nasty. I was too young to understand the off-the-field issue, so I wasn't really sure why he fell. Right. I was hyped about that pick. Um, David, go first. got I got I to think about this for a second. Oof, that's tough. I was really sold... I really like Devin McCourty. I didn't think he'd be as good as he is now, but I was really, I really like Devin McCourty when he came out of Rutgers. Um, I was, I've been a big McCourty fan ever since he got drafted, and I think he's one of the best draft picks Belichick has made because he spent his whole career here. He's been basically this, the linchpin of the defense for so long, controlling, making lots of calls in the backfield, and helping people assimilate to the, you know, the, the defensive style the Patriots play, adding new veterans every season. Uh, he's been the key guy, or one of the key guys of of this second dynasty for the Patriots, and he's back again. So uh, obviously he's you know he just keeps getting better. Last year was probably his best year, and he's he's older, so it's it's impressive the longevity. I got my so mine. This isn't an exact answer to your question, but I remember I went to training camp in 2014, and I saw Malcolm Butler play. He was not no one knew who was undrafted rookie corner. And I just never seen him go one on one with like some of their better receivers, and he was he was holding his own. And I remember I turned to my friend, I said, and I I call I text him all the time to confirm this for people. I said that kid that kid's legit. That kid's going to be an NFL corner. And I mean, obviously he had a hard regression after he left New England, but he was a top five corner in football for one or two years there. He really was. So uh, yeah, that that that's the one I like to hang my hat on. I know he wasn't drafted, but. I saw Malcolm Butler training camp, and I, I knew. I saw him. I went back-to-back days, and like halfway through the second day, I was like, this is no fluke. This kid can play. He knows what he's doing. It's not a bad pick, and it counts. Undrafted. Can't, can't exactly see somebody ahead of time, and then they don't get drafted. There's, you know, that, that's, new. that's a worthy exception. That's like, I'm lie. I didn't know who he was until that day. I didn't follow the draft like I do now, but I didn't know who he was until that day. I saw him, but I, I, may, I remember making a mental note, and then obviously the play in the Super Bowl. So I, I remember seeing him be like, yeah, no, this, this kid has it. His ability to go up and time his jump, because he was short, but his ability, his ability to time his jumps to always be at the apex when he needed to meet the ball, like that's, that's rare. Very few players can do that. And he got that right every single time. Dude, dude, dude was a, uh, like you said, one of the best corners in football for a couple of years there. And it's more than, more than a lot of guys who have played the game can say. So with that, we can dive in, but Alex, first off, a new sort of segment added to the grab bag. A little grab bag gauntlet. So I like to. I think we might start doing this with uh, either new or recurring guests who've never had the chance to do it. This is. Uh, I'm going to ask you for your five favorite of four categories. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Five favorite TV shows. Family Guy, South Park, How I Met Your Mother, Ed, Ed and Eddie. Wow, music to my oh, ears. That's right? where isn't it? Family Guy, South Park. How I Met Your Mother, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and, I mean, those are uh, The Simpsons. Wow. Got to I can't dispute any of those. I mean, I know, D- Dave, are you a How I Met Your Mother guy? I do like How I Met Your Mother, yeah. Yeah, I, it's just something about uh, Josh Radner, I just can't, I, something about him. I, I never really yeah, can look, get into David, it. David's heard me go on this rant before. I love Ted, I love, like, I'm not just a How I Met Your Mother guy. That show hits personally for me. Okay, I, no, I get that. I get that. No, that's fine. I do. I do like a lot of the characters in the show. Like I do like um, Jason Segel. Like I love him. I, yeah. I, yeah, I like Robin. Like I like those people. But I was never able to get. I'm sure once I started, I'd be able to get into it. But uh, Family Guy. I love Family Guy. As Dave knows, I'm a huge Family Guy fan. Yeah, Family Guy. Yeah, I was surprised, Alex. You didn't say BoJack. Uh, BoJack's up there. I because I'm going through like TV, TV. I that that 
for some reason, Netflix shows are like filed separately in my mind, like somewhere between TV and movie. I never like like and Atlas for Family would be up there too, but I just never think of those as TV shows for some reason. That's fair, then. That's yeah, right. I get that. That's true. I get that. It's I do forget about them sometimes when I'm talking about my favorite TV shows. Like I love Daredevil, but I wouldn't like think of it first because it's like something I watch on Netflix, so I wouldn't really think of it, but. It is truly one of my favorite TV shows, and uh, Dave knows how much I cape for Daredevil. No pun intended. But, uh, alright, Alex, five favorite movies? Uh, uh, Basketball, Goodfellas, The Departed, Ted, and Ted 2. Wow, I gotta <laughs> say, that is, that is a diverse crop of movies right there. That is, so I can tell that your three of your favorite people on the planet must be Seth MacFarlane, Trace Stone, and Matt Parker. Uh, I, I thought you were going to throw Mark Wahlberg in there, but yeah, they're, they're up there. There's your Mount Rushmore, right? If Emily, Emily, you still awake? Okay. Did you hear the Mark Wahlberg love? Is she a Mark Wahlberg fan? No, she hates Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Hates Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he left the Super Bowl early. Like, it's he did. Crit- like, he's kind of douchey. I like his movies, and I think he's a funny... Like, he's awesome in Ted. He's hilarious oh. in Ted. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big separate the art from the artist person, so. Yes, and I will say he is hysterical, as we discussed in an episode maybe last week, week before, he's hysterical in the other guys. He's fantastic in that movie, too. So, he's, he's good. He's good in The Departed, so I get that's that's fine. That's yeah. He's in some good movies. We'll, we'll give him that. Um, five favorite musical artists. Okay, you, okay you, you thought I was off the board before. Oh, wow. <laughs> Eminem, Eric Church, Bruce Springsteen, John Mayer, and I mean, those, those are in Green Day. In Green Day, those wow. are my five. Wow, are you are you a fan of current Green Day still, or are you more of an older old school Green Day? Uh, so I'm somebody who like if I really am committed to whether it's like a guy who writes TV shows or an artist or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'll I'll stick with their new stuff. Obviously, the old stuff's better. I don't think I downloaded anything from Green Day's newest album, but like I went through and I listened to it. Right, I, mean, I, you I, got get, it. I get. Crap all the time for my friends that I still like. I have Eminem's whole new album and I enjoy it because I can recognize they're like, oh, he's not as good as he was. That's fine. I can recognize that and still enjoy what he's putting out now. Yeah. I'm not expecting to hit that high bar. He's a very different person now. So yeah, but um, I I listened to Green Day's new album. I, there was one song I can't remember what it's called. It, was, it wasn't bad, but uh, nothing really really caught my attention. Oh. That's fine. We all have artists like that. Um, like I'm, I'm a huge Panic of the Disco fan, but I acknowledge that. I mean, I, I know that they haven't made it, or I guess it's really Brendan Urie now it really isn't a they anymore. It's just a him. But he hasn't made a great album since, I mean, you could argue their first albums are only great album. But I do like a lot of their stuff since then, here and there, like singles and stuff like that. But the first album they made, Fever You Can't Sweat Out, is still one of my favorite albums of all time. So that's, uh, I understand where you're coming from on that. And finally... Your five favorite athletes. This could be either you can either choose present or former. Tom Brady, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez, Paul Pierce, Tim Thomas. Wow. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. Hang on. I'm gonna go one from each team and then one throwback. Tom Brady, Paul Pierce, David Ortiz, Tim Thomas, Drew Bledsoe. Oh wow. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. I know you throw him in there. That's, yeah. Uh, that's uh, uh, that's not bad. That's a good list right there. Um. Uh, all right, so the way we do grab bag, Alex, is Dave and I each have a list of questions. I understand you have some as well. We will just uh, 
just rattle off numbers. I'll tell you how many I have. Dave will tell you how many he has. We'll just kind of go back and forth and, and just answer questions. Some of them are quick hitters. Some of them might have a couple of parts, but they usually go pretty fast. But uh, And I've tried to limit it to, to, to fewer than I have before because these, these tend to go long because I have like 40 questions. But uh, I, I don't have nearly that many. Good. So. I, have a good, I, have a de- I have a good crop. I limited it down. I have some submissions, some of my own. I think we got a good crop on my end. But I have 11. Dave, how many do you have? I have ten. How many do you have, Alex? I have three, but I can think of more. That's fine. We'll 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 put yours in. My ability to ad lib. That's okay. We'll put we can we can go uh you know in order of whoever whoever. But you're the guest, so you get to pick a number first. How about we start with Dave's list? Pick a number between one and ten. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go number five. It's my Pop Warner number. <laughs> All right. So if we had a currency system without money during the quarantine. What would each dollar value be for an item? Like $1, $5, $10. And it's not money, it's items. So it's bartering. Huh. Okay. Wait, explain that again? So if, if we did not have dollar bills during the quarantine, if we didn't have a money system and it was just a trading system, so what would each item value be? That's a good question. I'm trying to think what I have a lot of already. Because well, like, I feel like the hundred dollar bill would be like toilet paper and paper towels because no one ever has those. Oh, I get what you're well, saying. I mean, come on now. I got. I think uh, we. I think hundred, the hundred dollar bill, I think would be because there's two. Because toilet paper comes in too big of a package. I think that's got to be like a fifty dollar bill. What could be toilet? Oh, mm, that's true. I think the paper towel rolls are definitely a good good hundred dollar bill exchange. Um, hand sanitizer. How much would hand sanitizer be? Would you think it's like a twenty dollar bill? That seems like a twenty to me. That seems like a twenty to me as well. Hmm. But like, I, I don't know. I, I guess like food. I mean, food has to be up there too because it's hard to go to the grocery store now. It's just I like a say, we're on a hunter hunting and gathering yeah. system. Like we're like our like the cavemen. I'll I'll get I'll go like history nerd on you here. The highest ever uh, minted bill is in the thirties, coming out of the depression. They, they minted a couple of $100,000 bills. I think wow. there were like four of them for banks to do business with one another. So that has that's that's the vaccine, is the $100,000 bill. Also because the banks will have control of it. So. All right. The $100,000 bill? Thermometers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Thermometers. You can't find that shit anywhere now. <laughs> Can you not? I have a thermometer. I honestly haven't looked. Can you not? No, I, I've, I looked a couple weeks ago, and I went to like five different places. None of them. I was wearing a mask at the time. Don't worry. And uh, I also wasn't sick, but it was. Uh, I looked five different places; they were all out thermometers. I'll tell you, this, I would val- I, I put a decent value on uh, traditional ragu sauce. Wow! I can't. I can find the other flavors. The traditional flavor I can't find anywhere. Also, that, and I love that stuff. So I put like I like, pay five bucks for that. I mean, that's pretty much what you're paying, anyway. Isn't it? For it. It's pretty much the exchange rate on traditional ragu, anyway. Ten bucks for one little jar of ragu, that's, that's overpaying a little bit. I, I'd pay ten bucks for traditional ragu right now. I might have to look. Maybe I have some traditional ragu. Maybe. I know I have some meat flavored. We have a lot of... If we have <laughs> meat, I can find the marinara, I can find like, the chopped onions, whatever. I just like the regular one. I, I, love, uh, I love a little tomato, basil, and garlic. That's one of my favorites. I do love that. I'd, yeah, I do that. I, I, like, I have the ratio I like. Uh, I'd, I'd, pay, I'd pay through the nose for that. Um, all right, so... Alex picked Dave's number. Uh, Dave, how about you pick one of mine? I have 11 questions. All right, one. Oh, wow, right off the top. Right off the top. All right, what is your ideal TV quarantine binge? 
That's tough. I mean, I mean, I'm doing Sopranos right now. It's pretty good. Sopranos is good. Yeah. Um, I would probably. Oh man, I've probably watched the most of Psych at this point, just because it was on TV a lot. So I was flipping around and I'd see it, and it's also on Prime, so it's easy to watch. It's light. Uh, I would say either either Psych or. I've watched a lot of, um, I mean, I binged Ozark, but that's not really a good binge. Uh, well, here's the thing. If the goal is to make time go by as quick as possible, there's there's a right answer, and it's The Simpsons. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. You're not going to run out of episodes. That's true. Like, you will, bro, watching, if you're, I think to air every Simpsons ever consecutively, it takes them about six days. Damn. Easy. So, if this is still going, you've run out of Simpsons episodes. Like we're we're in huge trouble. So I would go. I'm actually gonna change my answer to Simpsons, and I think that's what I'm gonna watch now when I finish Sopranos. Not a bad. Yeah, it's not a bad choice. Like you said, you'll be uh, you'll be occupied for a while. Like Dave said, I have uh, I've I've also been watching Psych. It was on USA. They were doing the marathon, and I was watching. I was like, oh man, like I like, I love this show, and I forgot. And I was watching one, then I watched another, and then another. And the next day, I was up to like 4.30 in the morning watching Psych, because I couldn't get to sleep, and I was just blasting through these episodes. But in terms of that, that's something old, something I've already seen before. But I've also been watching Veep. Uh, I've been watching full seasons by the day, like taking a few days off, watching one, taking like a day or two off, watching another. I'm on season four now. I'm loving it. I'm about halfway through the show now. I really enjoy it. Um, I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is uh, a big... uh, big friend that she doesn't know she's a friend of the podcast, but she is a friend of the podcast because we are huge Seinfeld people here. And uh, we, we praise her. Dave loves Veep. I love Veep now, too. So, big JLD fans on the show. So I've been watching uh, I've been watching Veep. I'm sure I'll be sad when I'm done watching that. But uh, I will always have Psych to fall back on. Emily and I have been blasting through it. We're on season six right now of Psych, which is uh, which features maybe my favorite episode of the entire series. But for those of you who love Psych and uh, didn't listen to our Best in Show about Monk versus Psych, go check that out because that was a great episode. So, also one of our longest, even though we didn't think it would be, Dave. Yeah, that was, what, an hour and some 40 minutes or yeah, something? Yeah, that was long. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, Same. Yeah, we, we, went, we went deep on that one. But, you know what? It was a fun time had by all. So, Alex, uh, you can just throw one of your questions at us if you want. Right, well, I mean, we'll say I have five if you want to pick a number. Okay, how about, let's do two. Okay, what is, and get oddly specific, not just like going out of the house. What do you miss the most about the outside world? But be like overly specific. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, what do I miss the most about the outside world? be overly specific uh the thing i miss the most about the outside world this is just me throwing i can do uh sappy i can do just stupid too um, stupid 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 yeah. my the thing i miss the most is hitting my first two three-pointers and warm-ups and pick up basketball and then missing every shot i take during the game okay okay that's a good one yeah i i would say uh getting that first sip of beer at uh, after you pregame, going night out at the bar, like that first beer you get, that first sip when it's cold, you start the tab, you know the night's just starting. That's a good. Mm-hmm. The mine's mine's similar. You know how every single Uber is heated by like a nuclear core. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It is a hundred degrees. So yes. 
that moment when you pull it, like you're, you're, and then it gets to the point where you like kind of get nauseous because you're pregame and it's just so hot. Like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. No, no, you're step out of the Uber and you f- you feel the fresh air just overcome you as you walk into the bar. That's and such a good one. At that second wind. I'll get yeah. I'll, in in the similar vein as you guys, I guess I'll I'll add another one in, in the addendum in a similar vein, but um yeah I I got I like it's, there's nothing better than that. Uh, you you pull up to the Muse Tavern and you walk up those stairs to the bar, and you're just in heaven. It's fantastic. You sit down, you order that Narragansett, and the night's be, the night the night has just started. Well, I'll add, but I'll add one like you too because you did the basketball one. Uh, sinking a putt, my friend says I have no shot at sinking. Oh, that's good too. That's a good one. Ooh, another 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 uh, in the golf vein, uh, hitting a good drive on the first hole and never doing it again because it's the worst part of my game. Hitting a drive, or how about hitting a drive on the last hole so you know you close draw? That's true. That's true. I don't do that though because by the last hole, my drive is shot. I'm like fifty fifty. My only good drive is the first hole or the last hole, never in between. How about uh, first uh, first handful of seeds in the in the on the on the tee box on one? Isn't it? Are we, Alex? Are we, you're a big Family Guy person? Aren't we dangerously close to a Family Guy bit right now? When they're, I think it's Stewie and his older self. They're talking about like, uh, like yeah, 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 with the candles. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like things that relax them. And he's yeah. like, uh, he's like the like the first bite of a something something. Like, oh, you're right. That is great. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of. But yeah, it's a lot of a lot of good stuff, and it makes me yearn, yearn for a life that we won't know again for a while. I was joking with, with somebody the other day on the phone. I was like, do you remember restaurants? Like yeah. those places you'd go where like you'd walk in, you'd have to wait, and then they'd give you a table. Just like, oh, uh, me and my friends on a Zoom call, we were doing that just to kill time. We're like overly explaining things we obviously remember like it's been 100 years, like restaurants and movie theaters and whatever. Yeah, pretty much. That's wow. a fun game if you want to kill some time. Yeah, that uh, sounds, sounds like a lot of depressing fun, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so, Alex, pick a number uh, from, from Dave's crop. Okay, how about eight? Eight. Okay, what is what is the song you've played the most during quarantine? Uh, Alex, you can feel that one first. So I don't know if I've played it the most just because it's so recent, but the last couple days, um, I don't know if you saw Luke Combs had that, like, coronavirus song, that quarantine song he put on his Instagram. That mm-hmm. is so good if you haven't heard it go listen to it it's like he just nails everything um that i don't know i've listened to it the most i don't know what i've listened to them i honestly haven't listened to a lot of music i was thinking about that the other day which is kind of odd but when are you really listening to music in this situation right um but the the, the luke combs uh corona it's called six feet apart i couldn't remember the name six oh feet yeah apart. yeah that's right it's really good uh that's that's probably my I'll call it my corona, my uh, quarantine anthem. That's the song that I'm going to tie to this this portion of life. Uh, that's that's a good that's a good answer. Um, I would say probably this is actually a, a funny story. I obviously haven't been spending a lot of money because where the hell am I supposed to go other than takeout and the occasional trip to the market and liquor store for supplies? Uh, what else am I doing? So the other night I bought the soundtrack to a Goofy movie because, because shut up, because Eye to Eye and Stand Out are not available on any streaming platform, which is very depressing. So I bought that solely for those two songs. It was only $7, so I got a lot of great stuff out of it. Don't worry. But 
uh, I've been jamming to Eye to Eye a lot recently because it's a fantastic song. I highly recommend it. If we ever do another Disney song draft that uh, Dave will begrudgingly be a part of, I'm going to be taking that song. But, uh, Dave, I'm actually shocked you asked this question because you're not a big music guy. I know I'm not. And I haven't really listened to much music during the quarantine. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I'm going to go with my favorite podcast that I've been listening to because... <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, of course. I've basically listened to almost all the rewatchables that I wanted to listen to at this point. Yeah. And there's so many of them, which is kind of scary that I've listened to them all. Yeah. But uh, I listened to Tommy Boy the other day. Uh, there was an Oceans one with Brian Koppelman who directed it. Yeah. There was, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's, I think Psycho was one of them. I don't remember if Psycho was one of them or not. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I've listened to a lot of them. There's there's so many. They're all very good though. I like listening to the trivia bits and stuff. Yeah, it's fun. The uh, the casting what ifs and all that. All yeah, the what ifs. Yeah, I love those. Um, I do love the trivia, like you said. Uh, I've listened. Uh, the Tommy Boy I listened to. I've listened to the Happy Gilmore one several times. I listened to. Um, what was the other one? Uh, the Jurassic Park one. Obviously, I've gone back and listened to a lot. Uh, a few Good Men is one of the first ones they ever did. So I've checked that one out a few times, at least once. But. Yeah, I recommend the rewatchables definitely, and um, yeah, that's 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 what I've. I know Dave's not a big music guy, but he's been cranking through those podcasts. That's for sure. He's been been killing it on the podcast front. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got for a number, Dave? All right, uh, give me three. Number three. This actually is a uh, similar question to Alex, but a more general observation. What is the first thing you're gonna do once life returns back to some semblance of normalcy? Uh, get a beer. Answer though, because we don't know when. Is it like is it going to be in July or is it going to be in December? Because my answer is going to be different. All right, let me let me give you somewhere in the middle. Let's say on September fifteenth, life returns to normal. If it's nice enough, I'm going to the beach. Okay, that's kind of what it comes down to. I'm either I'm either going to the beach or playing golf, or it's called I'm just going to a bar. Right. I would say I would say if it's cold out, I'm with out for sure. Going to a bar. Um, but if it's nice out, I would probably say my first thing I'm looking forward to is playing ball outside, playing basketball outside. Yeah. Uh, playing ball, as the kids refer to it, Dave. So hip. Playing ball. I'm going to go I'm, shoot I'm hoops. so with it. Playing ball. Shoot hoops with the guys. Um, uh, Emily, I know, said going to Target, even though, I mean, that you know, a more general sense of just walking around rather than going for supplies, not breathing and running out. Um, but... Mine, the first, like off the top of my head, the first thing I thought was, no matter what the weather was, I want to go to the movies again, because <laughs> I miss movie no. theater popcorn so dearly. It's one of the things I miss most about the outside world. You want to talk about stupid things? The taste of movie theater popcorn, Jesus. But I don't know if I want to be indoors. Like I'm trying to get outside, outside. You know. Yeah, but I'm not a big outside, outside guy. Like I, if, if I was playing hoops, like that's fine, but. For me, too, it might just be, like, regardless of coronavirus or not, we're just coming out of New England winter. Right. So I really feel that way around this time of year anyway. Right. So that that's why, like, you know, yeah, maybe if it's in the winter, maybe I go to the movies or something. Like, I, I get that. Right. No, yeah, it's, and if, if, it's a, if it's a nice day, I'll probably, like Dave said, go, go uh, ball up with the guys. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah, ball up. Exactly. Uh, You're so happy. With it, Jake. So hip, indeed I am. Uh, Alex, why don't you give me your number five question? Okay, I'm just going to, because I, I didn't realize the exact format, so I'm just going to give you a different one, because I yeah, oh. these two 
Oh, we, we don't care. <laughs> get, yeah. Get oddly specific about one thing you do not miss. And, and one thing you would be fine if you never had to deal with again from the outside world. I got one right away. I, I, I do too. What's yours? Okay, so mine is when you're driving home at 4.38 or whatever, and you think you escaped traffic, you turn, you go up this hill and you come down and you just see red lights everywhere and you're just in traffic, bumper to bumper for like 30 minutes. My, mine was essentially the same. I was going to say surprise traffic. Like when, not even just traffic, but that traffic where like the road that's normally pretty congested is open and you're thinking like, oh, hey, this is great. I'm flying along and then boom, accident. Yeah. It's, it's the worst feeling ever. If I never had to deal with that again, it'd be fine with me. Traffic is a bottom five thing. I've always said that. Just of all the things, traffic is bottom five. It's right down there with like, you know, genocide. <laughs> do you want to leave that in the show or do you want to cut that out <laughs> I, I mean I would hope people understand I'm being sarcastic okay <laughs> that's why I, 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 governor of Idaho not to get political if the governor of Idaho can say that forcing people to stay at home is the same as the holocaust and say it seriously right. I think I as a Jewish American can make that joke right. so I, who knows right I mean I think people can can see the uh, can see the joke or can see the uh, the the sarcasm rather. I did make that joke on a date once, and the girl did not understand I was joking, and she was not happy with me. <laughs> not everybody shares the same sense of humor. What can I say? Right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's uh, I would probably have to can probably agree with you guys. Just surprise traffic in general. I hate it. Hate it more than anything. It's just terrible. Getting your think you're around the bend, and then. Like Dave said, you see that sea of red lights, and all of a sudden it's uh, a lot of anger and frustration, and then you're not getting, you're going to be late for that first beer with the guys. Right. <laughs> or just getting out of the car after a long day of work. Right, right. After a long day of sitting, and then sitting some more. Um, yeah, that's, that's, those are also are all terrible things that I would never, ever, I would be happy if they never existed again. But uh, Alex... Your turn to pick a number out of Dave's list. Uh, I'll go with uh, three. Okay. If you were only to get to be able to pick one place to get takeout from for the all of quarantine, and you knew it was going to be like a year, wow. what is the one place? Damn. Is it like for free, or do I have to factor in cost? No, say so it's uh, no, it's factor in cost. Yeah, factor in cost. Because if if, it, if if cost doesn't matter, it'd be wings over for sure. But that's like forty dollars every time you order. Yeah, the, the delivery is ridiculous. Right. So if I have to factor in cost, and this is just, nobody's going to get this. There's a place called uh, College House Pizza of Boston on Queensbury Street down by Fenway. Best chicken parm sub in Boston. It would be from there. I remember you telling me about that at work. It's a really good They put like parsley on top. It's really good. It's hmm. a good question, Dave. Um, do, you have, do you have a place in mind? So... My first thought is I'd always want to get pizza, so I want to go to the best pizza place. I like Regina's Pizza. It's at this uh, Italian. It's in like a Polcari's near me, so it's a which is a finer Italian restaurant. But the pizza is Regina Pizza, and uh, I would get I would get my pizza from there. Yeah, I would probably go with. There's a place called Fellini down here. Uh, it's a the only, I think they only have two locations, but I would uh I would, I would absolutely roll with some Fellini every day if I could. No doubt about it. Uh, Dave, why don't you go ahead and pick a number? Uh, five. All right, five. This comes to us from Ken Border uh, at the Walking Ken twenty three on Twitter. He asks, "He's if you couldn't tell, 
a big Bills fan. Uh, he said, do you think the Bills have made enough moves to reach the AFC Championship game? Notice how we didn't say the Super Bowl, because that would, that would require beating the Chiefs. But have they done enough to reach the AFC title game? Josh Allen's still their quarterback? Uh, hold on, wait, hold on. Let me, uh, let me do a quick Google search here. Yes. Nope, they haven't. Okay. That's, that's... Oh, no, we'll see after the draft. It, like, they, they're, they're in the picture. They're far from the favorite. They need to, if they have a good draft, they can be in the conversation. I, I don't think that's, like, wildly unrealistic to say. But they do sub Josh Allen. Like, they need more running backs. They need to draft Jonathan Taylor. I, it's rare I've seen a more perfect fit for both the team and player than Taylor to the Bills. Like, that would be huge for them. All right, here's, a, here's an off-the-cuff question for you. Uh... And, Dave, I'll let you answer that Bill's question. Uh, if you want to answer it quickly, you can. If you had a more uh, deep answer, we can wait. No, mine is the same as Alex. I don't trust Josh Allen, so no. All right, so I think we can agree that the three, and again, I'm just off the top of my head, that the three best quarterbacks in the AFC are Mahomes, Jackson, and Watson. I don't think Lamar, I think Lamar Jackson's about to have a major regression. Okay, well, as it stands, he is the MVP. So right now. The, those are probably the three best. Who would yeah. be, who who would complete that Mount Rushmore in the AFC? Who is the fourth best quarterback in the AFC? I mean, Darnold should make the jump this year. I don't know if he will. They got to get him some help. They need to get some wide receivers. But in in theory, he should. Um, I'm just trying to run through the teams in my head real quick. Slim picking. So you have the Dolphins. Who? Um, I mean, Tua could Tua could have a nasty rookie season. Could. He if he goes to the if he stays healthy. We know our feelings on Josh Allen, so that's a hard no. Uh, Sam Darnold, like you said, could make a jump. Uh, Jared Stidham, I don't see it, at least not this year. Uh, Joe Burrow could have a great rookie season. That's that's in the cards. Um, the Steelers, I think I think Ben Roethlisberger's best days are past him. Personally. Yeah, I mean, that's on the way out. I, it, there's a pretty steep drop after those three. In terms of a quarterback, I mean, I think Lamar is essentially a wildcat running back. I'm on the record of saying that. And, I, I mean, I in terms of Mahomes and Watson, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And ask David, I have a pretty good track record when calling out these um, these cliff fallings, these massive regressions, and Lamar's about to hit a wall. Well, uh, David and I were forced to swallow our words last year, so uh, we, we would... You know, we wouldn't be surprised either after uh, going on our, our NFL preview show and essentially just turning it to Bill Polians <laughs> and just railing yeah. against Lamar Jackson. But yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah, we both kind of agreed that we didn't think he was going to be a great quarterback. Um, but I mean, I, I think the the fourth best quarterback in the AFC, like, there's no really surefire answer. I mean, Alex mentioned Tua, you mentioned Burrow. I think those are good picks because you know. You go down the list. I mean, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, Philip Rivers. I will say this: Philip Rivers didn't take as big of a step back last year as I think the final results indicated, and he does have some weapons in Indy. I would not be shocked if Philip Rivers comes out and has like a resurgent year. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he had something like twenty-eight touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. Or he could. He could push thirty. Yeah. He could get, I mean, they have, T.Y. Hilton's underrated receiver. They got some really good tight ends. That team could surprise some people. Don't sleep on the, don't sleep on Rivers. And uh, to, to flip a question around on you, uh, is Bill O'Brien still the coach of the Texans? 
like right now. Yes. I, if you want to call it coaching, sure. That's true. He's a man trying his best. I did that. I did this with Marvin Lewis last year. I refused to call Marvin Lewis a coach. I just referred to him as a guy trying his best. That's, that's about. That's like the the equivalent of the dad saying, "I'm not mad. I'm disappointed." That's like almost worse than saying he's not a good coach. That's like saying he's not a coach at all. He's just there. Well, it's like the thing. You know, the most insulting thing you can say about somebody is, "Who is this clown?" Because you're not only implying that they're a clown, right? But they're even a well-known clown, right? You're, you're you are the most insignificant. Of clowns. Right. Right. Uh, all right, Alex, uh, just throw a question at us that you got. Um, okay. What is the worst episode of, of the best TV show? So, like, not not just what you think the best show is, because you may think the best show doesn't have a bad episode. I but like this. In terms of the gap between how good the show is to how bad the episode is, and I'll give you my answer, it's Fly. It's Breaking Bad. Eight mine too. That was mine. Yeah. Dumb. The best part of that show is the action. I understand it's like important in the plot or whatever. I don't care. They didn't need that episode. So like Breaking Bad and Fly, that's the worst episode of the best TV show to me. I, I would agree with that. I would also say, uh, just to throw another one out there, for anyone that likes Stranger Things, that episode where Eleven meets like her sister is just really just kind of stuck in there and makes no sense. And I know the show's kind of repetitive, so not everyone likes it, which is fine. But I think that episode, but if I had to pick one, I would go with The Fly as well. I, I don't like The Fly at all, in my opinion. Uh, so, I guess to be a little different, I'll try to think of uh, uh, some other of my favorite. I, I agree. David and I have made our opinions on The Fly very well known. Uh, and Brandon Maxwell still defends it to this day. I have no, no idea why. Um, I would say, again, this is a, a, a very uh, not unique opinion. Uh, the finale of Seinfeld is up there for me. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I, I hate that finale so much. Um, well, uh, so I'll throw in the qualifier too, even though you didn't say it, because like I've had this conversation before. It's sync like post Michael Scott episode, that sort of thing. Just a show getting old at the end doesn't count. Okay. Um, Everybody knows the office after Michael Scott left was pointless. They should have ended there. The right. Pam and Jim's wedding should have been the finale of the office. That would have been perfect. Wow. I'm just trying to think. They got together. The show started going downhill, and then Michael left. I never even watched the last season. Like, I just have no desire to... I will say I have seen the last season a couple of times. There are a few episodes of the last season, outside of the finale, which was amazing, that are pretty good. But the ninth season of The Office is just such an absolute dumpster fire for the most part. Um, let me think. The worst episodes of... The worst episode of the best... I mean, the fly is such an easy answer. It really is. I mean, it's just... It is, it is the answer. I mean, I would say more, I mean, yes, the, the, the office, like you said, might not qualify, but the, any of the Boom Mike Brian episodes of The Office, which you don't know, thankfully, Alex, you are saved from that because you didn't watch the ninth season, okay. but any of the Boom Mike Brian episodes, Dave, any of those, just, you can just, oh my God, dude, they're, they're so, they're so bad, but I guess I'll just be in lockstep with you guys and say The Fly because that is... That episode, I skip it every time. I just, I can't watch it. I, it's unwatchable to me. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's too long. It's unwatchable. It just, it just drags on. Um. All right. So, Alex, pick a number from Dave's list. All right. Uh, did I do six yet? Um. No, I don't think you did. Okay. All right. So, what has been your your favorite streaming service during this uh, quarantine, and what show have you watched the most on it? Uh, it's uh, Netflix, and it's, it's not even close. Um, 
and the show, uh, maybe Amazon Prime just because of psych, but uh, Netflix probably in general, and the show I watch the most is, it's probably psych, but also The Office, I just turn on, just turn my brain off, so those are probably my two. I think it's just, it's got to be just, you know, I've been watching Sopranos On Demand, I guess if you want to call that HBO Go, um, and I started that pretty early, I don't think I was binging anything until I started Sopranos, I think I was jumping around, I was watching a lot of YouTube, a lot of John Oliver clips, um, but Sopranos and, and HBO Go is probably my big one. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say for me, I would say... Probably Netflix I watched the most, but I've probably watched the most for one TV show. It's probably um, Hulu. I watched 24. Uh, but for like Netflix, I've watched a lot of movies and stuff in addition to TV shows. So I would say Netflix is the most watched for me. I will say at one point I was binge-watching old college football games. So however you want to qualify that. <laughs> watch like 20, like, because they have the, the full game replay. It's like two hours. It's just the commercials cut out. And so yeah. I watched like the 06 full the uh, Fiesta Bowl with Boise State. Um, I was like watching those games for a while. Hey, those that, that's probably I would say that's just YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely watch a ton of YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is just the one thing that you can always count on. Yeah. All right, Dave, you got to pick a number on my list. Uh, seven. Seven. This is, I believe, this one is from me. Yes. So, if you guys had your own stand-up special on Netflix, what would it be called? Mm. Why are you watching this? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, I like that. I think mine would be, uh, uh, so I, I have hemophilia, a bleeding disorder. Yeah, I think mine would be called hemophilia. You know what I mean? Like, hemo, H-E-M-O, feel, F-E-E-L, and ya, Y-A. Like, I feel you. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah, deal. You go with bad blood, too. Play on words. I, that, that's just, I feel like that's a little intense for a comedy <laughs> special. Well, I mean, it depends what kind of comedy you have. If you're like an insult comic. No, I'm not like an insult comic. I'm more of an anecdotal comic. Oh, okay. See, I think I'd be more of an insult comic. I mean, who, I mean that's always fun, though. Who, who doesn't want to be an insult comic? It's a fun time. What about you, Dave? Uh, I would say mine is my drone business. That's a good one. I like that. That is a very Dave. That's a very Dave title. A little Larry David taste in there. Oh yeah. So yeah. wait. So one other. It might be to be announced because I've always wanted to. You know how like on on uh, when you go to the guide on your TV, so on some of the shows is like to be announced because like they don't know what's going to be on. Yet. Oh yeah, I like that. I've yeah. always wanted to have a TV show called To Be Announced just to confuse the hell out of people. That would be great, actually. That's actually a really funny thing. I would do that. That's 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 clever. People That's get, a good one. Yeah, we getting pissed. Um, all right, so Alex, what? Uh, and uh, give me another one of yours. Okay. Um, what is the longest you have gone without changing your underwear during quarantine? <laughs> We're getting real here, huh? Sure. Mine's a mine's a day because I run, so I, I have to change. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think I probably. I think I think a day is the longest I've. I've I mean. I mean, we're, we're probably getting, you know, generous with the hours, how, how many hours are in a day now, but I would still say a day. Okay. There's still one person who hasn't answered the question. I'm the pass. It's my question. I'm the pass. <laughs> okay. As, as long as we're on the same page. Um, Alex, throw a number out there from Dave's list. Whatever, whatever you're close to, he'll round up. 
Uh, uh, two. Alright, two. Okay, so here's here's one I have right. So, assuming that you have passing acting ability, mm. what show would you want to be a supporting actor in, but you can only be in one episode of that show? Oh, wow. You have to pick the episode, but one episode of one show. Entourage. And I'm not a huge Entourage fan, but just for the... Ex- like watching what the characters do in that show, it's Entourage. That's a good one. Okay. That's a good one. I, that's yeah. Wow, that's I never even thought of that one. That's good. Um, damn, that's a good question. Um, I would probably. Oh man. Um, I would probably go with. I would go with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I feel like it'd be fun to be a, a one-off character on that show. I I would do Seinfeld. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad choice. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Seinfeld either. Yeah, I feel like you could fit in with Seinfeld, and like all the people that have been in one episode, some of them have been like famous, like for side characters. So, well, yeah, that's right. Anna Gunn was on there. She played yeah. one of uh, one of Jerry's girlfriends. There are other Courtney Cox was as well. That is correct. Courtney Cox. Uh, so many people. Kristen Davis. Uh, he's just Jerry had so many famous girlfriends, and uh, it's still baffling. As oh, to Brian Cranston. That's right. He I think, but Tim Watley. That beard and the regifting. But anyway, um, Dave, what do you got? Uh, seven. You already picked that, so I'll round up. Um, this actually is a good segue from our last one. What are two anecdotes that you would tell during your stand-up special? That's from Emma Gothier. So what are two things you'd make sure you would tell in your stand-up special? Okay, so I this story about uh, my brother getting the SIM card from his phone stolen. Uh, and uh, I was honestly just one time at a party kind of drunk saying some things about uh, my views on marijuana culture. That's, that could be a stand-up. Mm. I have a I have a good story about when I used to be a deli clerk and there was a woman that accused me of slapping her cheese intentionally <laughs> to like get back at her. Um, that was one. Um, there's also a story of, a oh man, I'm trying to think what would be a good second. I mean, the, the, the cheese slicer one right off the, right off the fucking bat would be, would be the, the one I would close with. That'd be the killer. People go nuts for that one. Um, oh, another one I would tell is I once fell asleep on a treadmill and fell off. Damn. Why did you fall asleep on a treadmill? Oh, all right. Oh, I can hear the judgment in your voice and I don't like it, but... You can, uh, so what I did was I was doing a, a cool down, so I was just walking real slow, and I put my head, my arms on the thing, and I laid on my arms and closed my eyes for like 10 seconds, but I guess it was longer than that, because the next thing I knew was uh, my elbows hit the, tread, hit the tread, and I was sliding off as my mom screamed my name from somewhere else in the gym. That also makes it extra embarrassing, because I was there with my mommy, and she saw me fall off, so that was a great time. Uh, yeah, so those would be my two uh, my two zingers right there. I would, I can only think of one, but I was at Target once, and I had a lady tell accuse me of price gouging for the plat for uh, glad plastic bags, and she thought I controlled the pricing. Oh my god! <laughs> the yeah, hell? what's wrong with so, these people? Yeah, she and then she asked how she how she could figure out the price, and I said, "Oh, we'll just have them scan at the front if you don't want it. You don't have to pay for it." She's like, "But then I have to walk back and get another bag." It's like, "All right, so." <laughs> Hope you said this to her. <laughs> so, get the fuck get out of my face. Get out of my face. Let me keep doing this. Get out of my face, please. 
Yeah. Um, all right, let me take that off my list so I don't accidentally say that again. Uh, Alex, whatever you got left, you can just uh, rattle off one of your... Uh, okay, I mean, I'll talk some more, too. So, like, here, I just thought of oh, this one. All right, what do you so, got? Like, like, 2020, obviously the whole year's been wild, but there's been, like, some specific nights, right? That night that, like, all sports got canceled. Yes. Last, last night you had um, Trump temporarily banned immigration. It sounded like they were going to push the college football season into the spring, and uh, Kim Jong-un was supposedly on his deathbed, right? Right. Like, those are three quick bits that just, like, that... That's like a year's worth of news, and it happened in one night. Yep. T- today, you had Gronk getting traded, and then canceling minor league baseball, uh, getting rid of a bunch of minor league baseball teams, and there was a, I forget what the other one was. There was some other crazy story that broke that I. So give give me the next, oh my God, this is so 2020 headline. Whew, that's a good one. Uh, next big 2020 headline. I it's To me, it's going to be that the NBA and the NHL officially canceled their seasons. That'll be. Okay, I was thinking more outside the box than that, but okay, that's uh, a good one. I mean, that, if you want more outside the box, um, then I would probably go something like. Um, right, also, it doesn't be sports related either. It doesn't be sports related, okay. Um, something even. So, like, crazy. mine is. For, I was reading something the other day because I got. It was three in the morning, and I got way deep down um, a Wikipedia rabbit hole. There's this massive volcano in California that, like, apparently has been. They could have the biggest eruption in the last hundred million years of the Earth. It would like totally black out the skies. All of that. So I am waiting to. Re- we're just the way this year's going. We're about a week away from waking up in the morning and seeing that the Yellowstone caldera has shown signs of a potential eruption. That's right, the super volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is a good one. I think if you want me to go, want to go sillier, I would probably say that uh, we found out that this tech billionaire built this island, he's looking into resurrecting dinosaurs. That okay, would be very okay. 2020. I can wasn't, there, wasn't there someone on Twitter that said uh, we should be able to replicate dinosaurs by 2020 or uh, something? Yeah, that was, that's been a that's like freezing cold takes classic, is the, the, yeah. the story yeah. from like five years ago that apparently by 2020 we're supposed to get dinosaurs back, which uh, clearly is bullshit, because I don't see T-Rexes roaming around uh, Rhode Island very much, but... Uh, yeah, it's, that's, 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 a, that's a good question. I mean, it's, it's bound to get crazier. I mean, who would have thought by New Year's Day that two months later would be canceling the NFL's, the, the suspending, I'm sorry, the NBA season. Suspending, in quotation marks. That happened so fast, too. That was like an hour. Yeah, that was an absolute whirlwind. I mean, I thought the question you were going to ask was which one of those nights is the most unforgettable to you, and it will, it will probably... Always be the NBA season game. That's be the most unforgettable, but yeah, that would probably be the most unforgettable to me. Was the NBA season being suspended? That is one of those moments where you're like, "Holy shit!" I'll never. And that, so, like, people who don't like sports, it seems trivial. But like to people like us who you know survive on sports, it's like our. It's well, like don't our forget, Trump also had that address that night yeah. and the next day, like that whole 24 hours. The next day, they started canceling all these things. The marathon, yep. all the call shut down. Tournament. It was, it was it's 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. that Wednesday through Thursday. Why? That 24 hours. And it's funny. So that that day, like that Wednesday during the day, I was when, when the whole thing hit its peak. And it, be, it went from just something we were paying attention to on the fringe to this is a major world health crisis. I was at both the RMV and the airport that day. Wow. I went to get my license renewed, and then I picked my mom up from the airport. And I remember driving home thinking, well, if, if, if I was going to get it, I've got it now. Right. Right. 
No, it's it's just been absolutely bonkers. It's just been ridiculous. But um, all right, uh, Alex, pick a pick a question off of Dave's list. Okay, uh, four. Four. All right. What is uh, your favorite video game that you've played? And if it's sports, how many dynasty modes have you done in the quarantine period? Ooh, that's a good question. Um. I have been a plug for my other podcast, The Elite Two. I've been ripping through Pokemon games like it's nobody's business because we'll be do, we'll do an episode and we're recording them ahead of time so we can kind of stagger the release. But I've been playing one for a week, doing prep, doing the episode, then just moving right into the next one. And I I'm, I don't know what yeah I don't think Dave has very much experience with Pokemon about you, Alex. But it's uh it's like you're devoting like twenty to twenty five hours to beating this game, and that's me like not catching anything, just, like, ripping through it entirely, and it's just, like, it, it's, it is fun because I'm reliving some of those memories, but, um, it's, uh, that's been what I've been doing. In terms of sports, I mean, if, if I was devoting my time doing calculations in my head, like, to Madden Dynasty mode at this point, I would easily have gotten through, like, four full seasons by now. Yeah, I'd, I'd be close to retiring Patrick Mahomes' number. Yeah, I, you know, just because the NFL season just ended, I normally start playing a lot of Madden right when it ends. So I was playing Madden before this kicked in, so I was kind of ready to shift. And then my, my roommate turned me on a GTA Online because I was never a big Xbox Live player. I never really had it growing up. Um, but, you know, I, I've been playing for like four weeks. I'm already at level 100. I've made like $30 million on there. So I've been playing that. Like I said, I forget if I said it before when I was talking to you guys on the air, but I've been, I'm averaging eight hours a day on there. Um, it keeps track. So I did just to kind of change uh, change the pace. I did just start an NBA 2K franchise, and I ordered NHL because I normally buy it right away, and I waited this year. I tried ordering it on Amazon, and it's a two-month wait. So I'll play that once that gets here. Wow. Interesting. Um, Dave, do you, do you play sports video games? Uh, I played video games for a while, but I'm more into trying to catch up on TV shows and movies now. But... Uh, if I had to pick a, uh, you what? The thing about sports games, you don't need sound. You can do both at the same time. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, if I had to pick one game, I would say the show and, and developing like a character, a dev- uh, player. I mean, and uh, I did one character. I did closer, so I got up to the mage really fast. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> Choosing closer, I bet. I was like, oh. Hey, we were lights out. It's all that matters, right? Who cares at that point? Um, all right, Dave, you got 2, 4, 6, 9, 10, and 11. Uh, 9. All right. All right, here's here's a really good one. This is one I was looking forward to addressing. Who is your most controversial, overrated athlete? Like, you would say, I think so-and-so is overrated. People would be like, whoa, what are you talking about? Oof. That's tough. That's the point. Oh. Man, I don't know. I have to think about that. It's a humdinger. It is. I mean, mine's Lamar Jackson. I get kind of eat for that one. I still think he's overrated. What'd you say? Lamar Jackson. Wow. I mean, that's... That is... Get exposed. That is a good one. I like that. I was... So, I was thinking more like a... a, uh, Maybe not... Like, somebody who's retired now. Like, somebody who's like this deified... Like legend that you're like, oh my god! If Derek Jeter played for the Kansas City Royals, nobody would know who he was. Uh, you, you stole a little bit, of, a little bit of my limelight there because that's also my answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
That's it's Jeter. That's my answer. Uh, I would say someone that's overrated. I mean, I think Vince Carter's overrated. Ooh. Like, I think he he's a good player, but like, I think over time, like, you know, no one really won anything with him, and like, by the middle of his career, he wasn't really an efficient player overall. I mean, you know, Gerald. <laughs> yeah, it's no Gerald Green. Uh, no one else. Yeah. I would I would say Vince Carter is is the guy I thought of just now, but uh, I'm sure I could think of a better one. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. current NBA Demar Derozan is super overrated to me. I mean, Eli's not Eli Manning's another reason one. Eli Manning. If anybody's arguing Eli Manning is anything but overrated, they're just their brains poisoned. Uh, Derek Jeter, though, I remember when I was on uh, WRIU on the FM station URI, I was arguing with uh, our, our, our friend Harrison, who's a big Yankees fan, and he was bringing, bringing like, Z-score and all these weird-ass stats to the table, and I'm like, dude, he was a shit defender, and everybody just loved him because he played in New York. Just, and also, by the way, in case you didn't know, he didn't need to dive into the stands to make that goddamn play. So I don't want to ever see it again. Don't tell me that play is the best thing you've ever seen in baseball history. He didn't need to die for it. He was an average to bad defender. And like Alex said, if he played for the Royals, nobody would give a shit who Derek Jeter was. That's true. I mean, I think, I mean, you guys both said, I think he's overrated too. Uh, but it's, uh, I think that's a perfect analogy. If you played for a smaller American team, his numbers aren't nearly as impressive, obviously. I mean, he doesn't get the 3,000 hits because they don't milk him as a marketing ploy. That's true, yeah. He doesn't get that last three-year deal, yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't get that uh, that um, <laughs> that meaty fastball down the plate to get that walk-off hit in his last play yeah. appearance. Oh, God, I just can't stand him. Um, all right, Alex, you got another one? Uh, yeah, um... The one, if you could pick one celebrity to be stuck quarantined with, who would it be? <sighs> one celebrity to be stuck quarantined with. Uh, I'm gonna go. Guy Fieri, because what? he'd make me food. Who is it? Guy Fieri. Okay, that's that's damn. Uh, that's a good. That's answer. actually a pretty good one. It's a great answer. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Gordon Ramsay. Give me Gordon Ramsay. He'll cook me food too. And he's he's got he's got great one-liners. I'm sure. See, I didn't I didn't even think of a chef. That's a pretty good idea. I was just thinking, like, Seth MacFarlane, because he'd be cool to hang out with. But, yeah, Chef's probably a better idea. That, that's a lot more resourceful. Then I wouldn't have to cook or anything. I could just sit down and relax. You're also going to spend a lot of money on food, though. Yeah, but it would be worth it. Oh, wait, no, get Bezos. Because then I'm like, sit, like, I can just do whatever I want. <laughs> I There's no way Bezos doesn't have access to literally everything in his home. I That's guess, true. I, guess. I suppose so. I mean, I guess. If you, I mean, I don't know. Jeff Bezos might, might not be like the f- most fun guy to be. I don't know what his personality is like. I'm sure he's loaded, but like, you know, Gordon Ramsay and Guy Fieri, they got personality. What does Jeff Bezos have other than lots and lots of money? I guess both those other guys have lots and lots of money, too, just not as much. So, yeah. It all evens out, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Bezos, you get, like, you get a lot of access to stuff. Like, I mean, theoretically, like, he's probably a good one, too. I, I mean, I think it all depends on what you're looking for. Like, Bezos gets you access to a lot of things. Like, Fieri and uh, Ramsey both are obviously cooks. Like, they make you great meals. Right. And then if you want, like, Seth MacFarlane, like Alex suggested, 
he'd be great to hang out with because he probably is hilarious and easy to, and fun to talk to. That's fair. You gotta be there. John Mulaney would be another one. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, it seems like funny. John Mulaney's the man. He'd be he'd be cracking jokes the whole time, having fun, making uh, doing some podcasting with him. Getting maybe getting Nick Kroll on the line, have a little talk with him. Who knows? Little, little guest spot, Big Mouth. That oh my God, I would love it. Be be right there at the live read of Big Mouth. Tell me about it. That'd be great. Um, all right, who was that? Was that Dave's question? Who's qu- no? It was Alex. Uh, so Alex, pick one from Dave's list. Okay, one. Okay, one. All right, what is your favorite snack food for the for and for a quarantine? Like, what are you gonna sit down on the couch with and eat the whole bag and not even realize it? Jesus, no doubt. Uh, I've I've done that with Cape Cod potato chips like five <laughs> times. Oh, Cape Cod potato chips are the best. Do you get a flavor? Just the, just the regular ones, just the straight up. Yeah, they don't need any extra flavor. Oh, see, I, I like the sea salt and cracked pepper or the jalapeno. Yeah, the Dave, Dave we know you like the sea salt and cracked pepper. We know. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah, we know. It made the snack. It. We know what you like. <laughs> or, I, or I could do sweet chili Doritos. Uh, that is true. That's fair. You got a point there. You got a point there. I mean, I know you're a big sweet chili Dorito guy. That's also it's a, a big... People who listen to this podcast and fill out the snack it. They love them some sweet chili Doritos. We know that. I told you the purple bag of Doritos is that's the best type of Dorito. Yeah, it's, that's 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 Dave's cut. The first thing Dave's gonna do is gonna run down ninety five with a bag of sweet chili Doritos when quarantine ends. <laughs> Just eating sweet chili Doritos as cars whiz by him on the highway. Um, all right, so Dave, you got two, four, six, ten, eleven. Uh, two. Two. You have to watch an entire film series nonstop during quarantine. You can only get up to get snacks or go to the bathroom. What do you choose? So, do you mean it's like nonstop? Isn't like however long it lasts? Like, so if you finish the series, it just replays the episodes from the beginning. No, no, I'm talking like a film series, like a, a like if you want to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy or something. Oh, okay, film series. Yeah. Okay, I, I would think a TV series. Oh God, okay. no, film series. Um. Maybe The Godfather. Wow, that is a that's a task right there. I mean, where am I going? Uh, I'm going to guess you want to go somewhere when Godfather Part 3 pops up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm trying to think of like another one. Like, MCU is too long. Yeah, but you can like pick one of the trilogies from the MCU. Then I pick the Avengers trilogy. Okay. I mean, dude, you're, you're, you're missing an obvious one. Uh, Which one? Harry Potter. Um, dude, we're, I, I think a lot of us are due to trilogy. To go back to how I met your mother, we got a you got a trilogy every three years, and the dark side wins. That's true. Yeah, Star Wars. You going with Star Wars? Probably. I mean, maybe Ted one and Ted two, if that counts as a series. I mean, I guess um, technically but it does. Not, yeah, but I, I honestly was contemplating watching through all the Star Wars the other day. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, the original Star Wars trilogy isn't a bad pick in that regard, but I, I actually uh, I have a new one. I'm gonna do the Dark Knight. Christopher Nolan one. Oh my god! Oh, I should have should have seen that fucking coming. Should have should have had that. Those one. have been my team. Oh, that, there's people who have done that. Oh no doubt about it. Um, so if Dave forfeits the Avengers, I'm gonna pick up the Avengers and do that one. Yeah, you can have the Avengers. I'm gonna take the Dark Knight trilogy. You're, you're so kind. Um, Alex, do you have any more? Uh, yeah. Well, so I'll kind of go off my last one. Right. Uh, last celebrity I want to be quarantined with. Oh my god, the last celebrity I want to be quarantined with. Um. Uh, Roseanne Barr. 
Okay, that's a good one. Because, you know, she'd be watching the news and just coming up with the craziest conspiracy theories. And I'm just like, I'm not here for it. Please. Dr. Phil. Oh. Who? <laughs> Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah, do- Dr. Phil kind of sucks. I'd rather, I'd rather like, have to be wa- stuck outside for the quarantine than sit inside with Dr. Phil. Sure. Damn. What about you, Alex? I, ha- I had it, and it, it, it just escaped my mind. Give me a second. Um, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Oh. I love Gilbert Godfrey. Hilarious, but I'm not, I'm not doing Gilbert Godfrey for six straight months. Be, that'd be that, month, that, that voice would get so annoying. You would get I, will s- throw, I will throw in. There is one that I think could be an answer to both of my last two questions, who you most and least want to be quarantined with, and that's O.J. Simpson. Because the content would be outstanding, but it's also O.J. Simpson. Right. Gilbert Gottfried's laugh after like six minutes would probably make me want to leap through the window. But that's not his real voice. I know. But, you know, he would use that voice. Oh, yeah, you're right. He would still use it. Just to be that guy. Totally. Uh, Dave, what numbers you got left? Uh, I think I have two left. All right. So, pick one or two. <laughs> what do you got, Alex? Oh, I, I'm picking the number. Um, uh, one. If you had to wipe your memory clean to wa- and so you could watch another series that you've already seen, what TV series are you doing that for? Oh, I make mother. Um... <clears throat> That's a good question. Not The Office, because I would get so disappointed at the end. Um, not, not s- mm, That's a good pick, too. That was a good one, yeah. Not Sunny, because Sunny's not even over yet. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you think about it. I'm going to take Breaking Bad. Yeah, that was, that was going to be uh, one yeah. of my possible answers. Because I want to be so surprised again when I see Ozymandias and uh, Felina and just Granite State. All the, season five, the edit was awesome. Season three was awesome. Season four was awesome. Hmm. Um. Damn. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go way off the board here, and I'm gonna say Deadliest Warrior. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. I love I knew that you were show. Do <laughs> oh my god! I've been watching so many episodes of it in, in in this whole self isolation thing. Is I. I loved that show. I still love it now, but I loved it when it came out when I was in high school. It's such a damn good show. But uh, that would be my pick, because uh, then I could forget all the simulations and all the weapons tests and get to watch them all over again. But that's a, that's a good question, because I often think that. I almost put that on my list, but I was like, you know what? Dave might have that question, so I'm going to leave it off. Um, so, Dave, I got 4, 6, 10, 11. Uh, 4. 4. This is a question from our good friend Ryan Gibbs, former cigar co-worker of Dave and, uh, my, my and Dave. My, me, of me and Dave. Whatever. Um, Gibbs says, what will be the first team sport to come back? Baseball. Yeah. I, I, I'm on record saying I think that the next live sporting event we have is opening day 2021, so. That's fair. Yeah. I'd say so. I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's crazy to even let those words escape my mouth. But yes, that is that is what I would I would also say is the case. Um, yeah, but um, so since Dave has one left, I'll just rattle off two of mine, and we'll go our last round. So two quick hitters. Um, what is the best? And Dave, you can defer on this if you want because you're not a, a big music guy. But Alex, what is the best album to listen to from front to back in quarantine? 
Even if we haven't listened to that much music, what's the one you would go to? Oh, I mean, just in general, best to listen to front to back. Probably, uh, just an album I love listening to front to back is Ameri- um, uh, American Idiot by Green Day. Just whenever, that's a good one. Um, Eric, Eric Church's Mr. Misunderstood is also a fantastic full listen. Yeah, that's both. I've never heard the Eric Church one, but obviously if, uh, you, if you haven't heard of American Idiot or listened to it, I mean, where have you been for the past 20 years? Right. But uh, for me, my obvious answer is Rumors, which is my favorite album of all time. But I would also say, uh, just dropped on streaming, it was on Apple Music exclusively, but it's now on Spotify and everywhere else, is uh, The Chronic by Dr. Dre, which is one of the best rap albums ever made. So if you haven't listened to The Chronic and you're a rap fan, just you got to get to it. It's a fantastic album. Uh, one of the... One of the few, and I, I know we don't like to uh, give t- Pitchfork too much credit, but one of the few 10 out of 10s Pitchfork has given out, maybe ever, they've given out a, a few in the history of their magazine, but it's a 10 out of 10. You know, those are usually pretty reliable, so uh, i got to go with, uh, with the Chronic. And then the other one uh, that I'll ask you guys right now, what is the most memorable March Madness game you've seen in your life? Wow. Um, I mean, right off the bat, your my first thought is you uh, UMBC over Virginia, right? Yeah. Okay. First time something happened. Yeah, that's 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 true. Um, I would say that, but I would also say I do remember where I was when I watched Dunk City beat Georgetown. That was that also was up there. I would say personally, what was that? The I forget the year. UConn beat somebody, and, like, they won scoring only 45 points or something. That was the was final like, against Butler. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, that was the first ever time I won my pool. I needed UConn to win that game to win my pool because I had them in the championship. So just personally for me, that one. And there was one year that uh, it was when I, I, I had Duke and Missouri in my championship, and they both lost like, the afternoon of the first day. They were both two seeds, and they both got upset the afternoon of the first within, like, ten minutes of each other. So I kind of linked those two as one. That's a, that's a pretty big March Madness memory for me, too. I also remember, um, David, we, we just talked about this, David. Now I can't even remember what exactly, I, what exactly I said. But it was the, was it Texas A&M? It was somebody who blew, like, a 13-point lead in, like, less than a minute. That was Northern Iowa. Northern was Iowa. That? Were they the ones that blew it or they came back from it? They blew it. And they, who they blow it against, you remember? I'm pretty sure it was Texas A&M. Okay, that's what I thought. Because that, I remember, I think I was at like some bar in Providence, and I think that's where I was watching that game. And I was like, I looked away, I was like, oh, that game's over. Then I looked back and I'm like, oh, it's kind of close. Then I looked back and I was like, oh, well, that's, that's, not, that's not the way it was. Crazy. But uh, yeah, I would say that one, or obviously the easy answer is, UMBC knocking out my champion in the first round, and then I spitefully didn't take Virginia to win it all the next year, and they won it all. I think a lot of people were in that boat, probably. Yeah, well, that's uh, unfortunate for me, because I uh, was so spiteful that it probably ended up costing me uh, costing me uh, some bragging rights out there. But uh, All right, so Alex, last question. My last question? Your last question. If I, I, I'll kind of go with uh, with, with some, like something David said. If you could watch one movie again for the first time, what movie would it be? Uh, oh, I'm going to sound like such a loser, but I'm going to say Endgame. 
because, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for Dave, but that was one of the most incredible first views of my entire life. But it's it's got to be Endgame for me, which, by the way, Dave, that's we're approaching the one-year anniversary of that movie coming out, which is wild. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, that would be up there for me, too, Endgame. If I had to pick one of them, uh, another one, I would say Dark Knight, because that was the first like real superhero movie that got me into superhero movies. Alright. What about you, Alex? So I'm going to go a little off the grid here. It's not necessarily the best movie, but just I didn't know what to expect going in the first time I watched it. I was so floored and I was left so speechless by just how entertained I was. It's a short film um, by a not very popular... He's not known as a filmmaker. Uh, T-Pain in 2009 released a cartoon rap musical about an Atlanta street festival called Freaknik. Wow. And... I watched it when I was like a sophomore in high school. It was on Adult Swim at like one in the morning. It debuted. I, I don't know how many people have seen this. Not a lot. But I think I told David to watch it. I was so entertained. I would love to watch that for the first time. Or more importantly, honestly, I know I'm kind of changing my own question here. Because I, I remember showing it to all my friends in college. Watching them watch it for the first time was maybe more entertaining than watching it itself. Yeah. So... That, like, I would love to watch Freaknik again for the first time. That was, and I know it's not made for me, and I don't care. I was entertained. Hey, if you're entertained, it's all that matters. What movies are meant to do. That's what I said. David, you end up watching that, right? Yeah, that was that was very funny. I, I laughed my ass off during, during that. Okay. Well, if, I mean, now I gotta see it, so I gotta track it down. It's on, it's on YouTube, I think. Then I'm gonna put it on my list here. Um, Dave, what's your last question? All right, my last question. Um, what is the first place you're going to go to when quarantine ends, just in general? First, oh wait, someone asked this already, right? Someone. I did. I, well, I did say what's the first thing you're gonna do. If you want to restrict it to, and like you have to name a specific place, like a yeah, market a or a, a showcase yeah. cinema, like a specific. I'll you know I'll limit it to just restaurants for you. Um, the first place I'm gonna go is. Probably Muse Tavern. In, That's uh, a good one. Down here, down in Kingston. Because it's got great beer. It's got some pretty good food. It's got a good atmosphere. And those are three very important things. So I'm, I'm probably going to go down to Muse once this ends. I don't know about you guys. I'm either, depending on, you know, what the day's like, I'll either go to Nantasket Beach or Biddy Early's in uh, Boston. I would say... Suspense is killing me, Dave. Unless you froze. Mexican place. What was it? I would go to Tony C's, which is a sports bar, a Mexican place. I don't remember what the Mexico lingo, I think, is what it's called. Okay. Well, there you go. It's, it's a good night right there. Some good food, some good beer. Got a good night ahead of you. Absolutely. And then there's a movie theater there, too. So. Oh, my God. That's like, I don't know why Dave doesn't live there. Those are like your three <laughs> favorite things. I go there all the time, so. Oh, there you go. Uh, all right, my last question, and I, this is an important caveat because you obviously would pick like a Super Bowl or something. If you could go back and attend one regular season game in the past decade, which one would you choose? Ooh. Oh, and in, in, in the past decade, okay, the one I was going to say wasn't. Um, Probably Brady's first game back in Foxborough after the Deflategate suspension. 
That's a good pick. That's, That's a, good a good one, pick. yeah. That's a damn good pick. Um, my own question. I didn't have an answer prepared for it. Off the top of my head. Um, well, damn it. If Kyrie had come back at the end of last year, I would have picked that one just like a boo his ass. Um, I mean, that game still looked pretty fun, for being honest. That's true. It did still look kind of fun. Um, I will probably pick... Um, trying to think of a great... I think maybe one of my favorite regular season Pats games was that first Patriots-Chiefs showdown at Gillette, which came down to the field goal. It was like a ridiculously high-scoring game. I think I would probably go to that one. That seemed like a lot of fun. The only Patriots regular season game I've been to so far in my life was when pa- when Brady threw his 400th touchdown pass and they beat the shit out of the Jaguars. That was fun, but a little more tension would have been nice, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't know which one. I would say I would say maybe the Celtics' first big game with the big. Oh, that was 2008. Damn it. Um, I would say. Oh man, this is brutal. I. I, I I was at one of the first big three games. That was incredibly cool. Yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna say the game against the Wizards opening day, but uh, I'll go to the. I got, I got another one. Um, two years ago, LSU and Texas A and M played. Wait, was it just Boston teams? I forget. No, it could be anybody. Uh, two years ago, LSU and Texas A and M played a seven overtime game. I would have. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Just for the practice. That's right. Or like any Al- or any Iron Bowl, the Alabama LSU game is like a- I've never been to a real college football game, like a real D one college football game. Oh, I've been to one, but it was a neutral site. I went to the Alabama Florida State opener in Atlanta a couple ago, but that's pretty cool. Uh, I'd love to go to like an, an Alabama any Alabama game really in Tuscaloosa against like a j- legit opponent. Oh, how about the uh, how about the kick six? No, no, that is the one I wouldn't want to. Be no, at. you wouldn't want to be at that one. No. That would be still pretty cool, though. I, think pretty I cool actually game. have a really funny story about that. So I was driving back from Delaware. I was covering my school was in the playoffs in B3. And I was driving back from Delaware with my dad because he, he drove down to the game with me. Because we did it basically in a day, uh, Boston and Delaware. Because I was, I was home for Thanksgiving. So I had to go from Ithaca, New York to Boston to Delaware, back to Boston, drive to Ithaca the next day. Jesus. And we had the game on the radio, and we go into the tunnel. We get right around New York City. We go into the tunnel, and it's staticky. And my dad's, they're like, they're lining up for the kick. And I, my dad keeps going, it's staticky, it's annoying. We turn it off, like, no, I want to hear the end. And I just hear, all right, they're lining up for like a 50-some-yard field goal. And I'm like, all right, fine, turn it off. It's going to be like 10 minutes till they go to overtime. It'll be better after we go through the tunnel. And I lose all service in the tunnel. So the radio, my phone's not working, anything. We get through the tunnel, and I refresh Twitter. And I just see, oh, my goodness, oh, man, what just happened? Like, just the all caps. I'm like, oh, did they win the game? Like, did they kick a fake field goal? And then the radio kicks back in. And I hear them saying, Auburn wins the most improbable game. And it's like something out of a movie where it actually took me like five minutes to figure out what happened. But, wow. yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of glad I didn't experience that play live. No, I um, I was at, I, we had family up during that game. We were watching on the TV in our hotel in the lobby. And everyone was like, oh, they're going for this field goal. Like, knowing Alabama, they're going to make this. I know, like, they hadn't had good luck with that during that game. But like, they're going to hit it because it's Alabama. And the dude catches it and he takes it down the sideline. I was like, "Oh my god, that's it was like whether I mean I like Alabama, whether you like them or not. It's I mean, if you don't like them, then yeah, you're gonna love that ending. But it is still one no, of the most surreal endings. You can't. There, there's no way around it. It is one of the great college football endings of all time. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, Dave, did you settle on one? I can't remember now. 
yeah, I, I think Alex hit it on the head. I would take one of the LSU-Alabama games. Uh, I don't remember if this was in 2010. I think it was... Oh, did Dave freeze on us? He might have. Dave, you lose him? are you out there? Are you out there, Dave? Well, we know he said Alabama-LSU, so that's the important part. When he kicks back in, which he will, we will address it. But, I know what you're talking about, too, the 2010 game. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, the 9-3 game. That was a great – that was, like, the first time I really sat down and watched college football. That was a great game. And just for just for kicks and giggles, if you could go to any uh, any postseason game of the past decade, which one would you have gone to? Uh, past decade, um, the Patriots-Ravens divisional round game. Really? Wow. That's yeah. a good pick because that was a great game. Seeing that well, – I got to experience the Super Bowl. I mean, I was working, but I got to experience the Patriots. That's Super Bowl. true. That's true. You did get to see it up close and personal. I mean, me, I, because I think it's the greatest game I've ever seen, is probably Super Bowl Forty Nine would be the one I would pick. Oh, I mean, that that's definitely up there for me, too. I mean, that's but just... To be in the crowd and experience kind of, you know, what that's... I've heard stage stories from people who were at that game about what the environment was like against Baltimore, and that just sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe, like, for work, yeah, I'd probably pick the Super Bowl over that one, but... As a fan, honestly, I think I'd rather be at that Patriots Baltimore game. Because the other thing is, if you're if you don't have a good seat for Super Bowl Forty Nine, like you're not going to see that play. Right, that's you're, true. You got a point there. You got a point there, Dave. We were just uh, just kind of entertaining. If you could pick any postseason game, what would you have picked? Uh, I would pick the uh, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. No. Some or of the us, yeah. Patriots. One Some of, of us weren't fortunate enough to be covering that Super Bowl. <laughs> I would pick one of those two. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, you can't go wrong with that. Although, I would say a dark horse pick is the Isaiah Thomas game after his sister passed away. Mm. That would be a dark yeah. horse pick for me. That would be an unri- The environment must have been ridiculous, that game. Yeah. No doubt about it. But um, that is our quarantine wrap bag edition. Uh, Alex Barth of The Sports Hub joining us here on the program. Alex, where can we find you? Uh, on Twitter at RealAlexBarth, that's the spot. That's the spot indeed. Go follow him. He is uh, one of the brightest football sports minds out there. That's why I follow him. He gives me all the great information because I sound like a fool when I don't know what I'm talking about. And Alex knows what he's talking about all the time. Uh, and Dave, where can we find you on the social media? Uh, at David underscore Albiani on Twitter. Perfect, perfect. Uh, you can find me at Jacob underscore Morocco, the podcast, the CSL podcast on Twitter. You can find us on Spotify. Our old episodes are on iTunes. If you don't have Spotify, we are also on Anchor, which is where we distribute it out of. Working on getting us out to the other platforms now, trying to get that uh, all settled. And uh, we will have some more uh, content for you coming up. We are running along for now, so we'll say farewell for the moment. And we'll see you uh, later, later this week, early next week. All the days run together. So we will see you at another point in time.